Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am so excited to share with you that we are going to be moving to two episodes a week starting this week. So moving forward, you will see episodes released on Wednesdays and Fridays in the mornings, super early. So for those of you who commute to work or those of you who just have some extra time in the morning, maybe while the kids are sleeping or maybe while you are getting ready, this will be a great addition to what you are already learning and listening to on mindset, metabolism, and movement. So I cannot wait to continue sharing and speaking life into this podcast. This is truly where I feel that I get to have the best conversations with you all. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to leave a rating and review if you're feeling called to. And I just can't wait to continue learning and growing with you. Today, we're going to talk about something different. We're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about diet, which as nutrition and lifestyle coaches, we do, but talking about it from the lens of what actually goes into a nutrition or quote diet, aside Mm -hmm. from where our brains immediately go. And that is food, (laughs) the foods that we do eat, the foods that we can't eat, or we perceive that we can't eat. And breaking down some of the the myths, the truths, and the lies around that. Yeah, I'm excited. I actually want to also add this in. I think that when people hear the word diet, they automatically assume like a calorie deficit or, you know, reducing food intake. And while that is one version of what a diet can be, it can also just Mm be, it basically just means the food that you eat. And actually in, I believe it's in the Greek language, this, the word that this stems from is technically what it stands for is a way of life. So right. if we can kind of like restructure, you know, I wish there was a different word for it, really, <laughs> yeah. because I've had conversations with people and they'll do like air quotes and say my diet, you know, cause they don't want to sound like they're on a diet in that sense. And so, yeah, when we're talking about this today, it'll kind of more so be from the lens of kind of a way of life. Yeah. And I think that that's really important because diet culture in itself, right? So diet culture being this culture or this group that perpetuates food beliefs, dogma around what we are actually putting in our body, creating these do's and don'ts around what is the quote, the best way to to eat for whatever your specific goal is. And it's really created a lot of misbelief around what diet actually is, because you're exactly right from the lens of people using it to restrict or deprive food they're doing that in a way to elicit a calorie deficit, which is necessary. I mean, that is a fact that is necessary to decrease body size, to decrease weight. But where it becomes problematic is when we're putting, you know, labels and shame and judgment around different foods and different ways that we eat. And that goes exactly into why this has been on my mind a lot, because as someone who works with a population of people who are struggling with autoimmunity, there is so much dogma around what is the best quote diet to be eating, what foods we shouldn't be eating and foodless and all of these things that we really lose sight of the fact that your nutrition and your diet, your way of life is not just food. It is not just exercise. There is so much more to it. And then we brush under the rug what's going on with our our stress response and and all this additional pressure that we're putting on ourselves to meet the requirements of a diet. 
And it's almost like it can be exacerbated by said diet that you're putting yourself through, right? So these symptoms internally can worsen if what we're doing is harmful to the body and it's not kind of paying attention to the stress response or any of those sort of underlying problems that might be going on. So for example, I've had a client who I worked with last year, her and I worked together for about roughly six months and we went through a fat loss phase and she lost weight and then she went off on her own. And then she ended up having some symptoms that were really challenging for her. And she ended up realizing that underneath the surface, she has PCOS. She has some other, you know, issues that needed to be looked at. And when she tried to go into a deficit on her own, it didn't work. And she was like, what the heck? And honestly, a time that she tried to do it on her own and not saying that you can't like graduate and do this stuff on your own, but she was trying to do this on her own and go through a deficit when her body was like, I'm not ready for this. And her body basically had an opposite response to that and just was like gaining more weight in response to the diet. And she was like, okay, I know something is off internally, right? Because that's not how that should be, right? I think that I love to tell clients this too, right? Like we should essentially be working with our bodies. Like it shouldn't be challenging. I mean, it's going to be challenging. If you're trying to lose weight, it's going to be challenging in a sense, but also like everything that you're doing should be for the benefit of your, your holistic body. Right. And not just this one facet that can actually sometimes worsen symptoms. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, and I, and I do strongly believe that it is something that we are receiving from subconscious messaging, mostly from diet culture around, you know, the, the belief and doctors are doing this too, right. In order to change our body size, in order to change our health, it is a simple equation of adjust your portion sizes or just eat less exercise more. And that's leading so many people to go look at, you know, what is the quote best diet for whatever, or how can I just do less or more of whatever I'm already doing. And not enough people are talking about, you know, and this, this is really hard as we are by trade nutrition coaches. I see it all the time. People are coming to me and they're like, you know, I just want you to tell me what to eat. I just need help, you know, with this, that, and the other. And it becomes a much deeper conversation when it's like, but what about the, what about everything else that goes into nutrition? And, you know, the understanding that nutrition isn't just about how much we're eating. It isn't just about, you know, whether or not we need to quit eating cookies (laughs) or whatever, whatever that is. So, you know, it it makes sense that people are just feeling like, why can't I figure this out on my own? And and yes, when you have underlying conditions like PCOS, I work with a lot of women with Hashimoto's, then it's it's just not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same as just maybe when you were 18 and you were like, let me remove a couple of things. Let me just remove a few calories and the weight's going to come off for maybe some 18 year olds are definitely a little bit more stressed, but we have stresses, we have jobs, we have families, we have all these different considerations and I heard it and I wish I could give credit, but you know, my brain is just in a special place. So I can't, but I I heard this on a podcast or maybe a book the other day, looking at it as as like batteries. And so we have to pull from one battery to get to another battery. And so, so many people are pulling from, you know, things like joy, happiness, pleasure, stress, energy, all these different things, pulling from these batteries in order to just throw everything into the battery of a food and trying to diet. And then they're just really confused as to why this doesn't work. And then we get on the internet and it's like, well, you just need to eat less and exercise more. So we continue to drain the batteries and it continues to not work. And then we're just continuing to fry our metabolism and 
worst thing is we're perpetuating the self-doubt and the self-trust issues that we already have with ourselves. And even if you are going to like focus strictly on the diet side of things, I think that it's pretty standard for people to search for, right? Maybe one specific way of eating and that must be the way. And they realize Mm -hmm. that like that doesn't help them. And so then they go back to this kind of conversation of like, well, why doesn't this work for me? And then it becomes this game of sort of like self-blame and shame that like you're, there's something wrong with you and you're doing something wrong, but that's not exactly the case, right? Most of the time it's because it really is finding a unique way of eating that works best for you and your body, depending on how your body responds to different things. So whether you do have Hashimoto's, whether you have PCOS or whether you don't have any autoimmunity issues and you're just cruising through life and things still don't feel like they're working for you, right? It's so important to be able to evaluate that on an individual level and I think as honestly, and, and maybe you see it more in your community, but I don't really feel like that's when I work with people, I almost feel like people don't have any form of diet that they're following. And it's almost just like this, like randomized approach, right? Like, and they don't have any structure to their eating. And sometimes while I, while I appreciate that sentiment, right. And I appreciate that, like, okay, we're not being swallowed by these quick fixes or these fad diets mm-hmm. anymore. Now we run into this issue of just like not eating with intention at all. And that can also be problematic, right? And so that's why it really is that individualized, purposeful approach to your eating that can be something that's sustainable for you and that's good for your body. And that could change over time too. Oh yeah, and that's that's important. It should change over time because again, like I feel like I'm a broken record on this. We are not static creatures. We are dynamic and our seasons of life change. Our preferences change. I don't eat the same way that I did in my 20s. And Yes, part of that is because I am older, but also it is because I just have different preferences. My lifestyle looks really different than it did in my 20s. And another thing that I want to pull out there, though, as we're kind of talking about it, I think when it comes to looking at specific diet considerations, that there is a lot of emphasis on special populations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Menopause, PCOS, Hashimoto's, I, I could go on and on and on. But the other thing is, is when we are looking at people doing these randomized approaches, which I look at it as taking spaghetti and throwing it at a brick wall and hoping something works out, hoping that something sticks, is when we are doing that and we feel like it's not working and by working, we're not talking specifically about weight loss. We're talking about improving your energy, maybe improving your menstrual cycle, building muscle, endurance, all these different reasons. You know, nutrition, again, this is, this could be a conversation for another day, but nutrition is not just about weight loss. And we need to really wrap our head around that. Nutrition is a part of longevity, your health, everything. It's when people feel like their randomized approach isn't working, then they start to go down this rabbit hole. Well, there must be something wrong with, with me, not just, not just from like a, a, a moral perspective, but do I have some kind of underlying condition? And then we yeah. just go like all down it's, my yeah, <laughs> it's my hormones. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And so I have this conversation all the, all the time. Like it must be my hormones. Yes. And you know, for me, this is, I'm going to let you guys in on a, a secret of my trade. One of the first things that I do with my people is to just, just to find like consistency in any kind of approach with their nutrition. Because I think about if you're wondering, are my hormones messed up and you're doing a randomized approach? The answer is probably yes. But are your hormones the reason that you can't reach your goal or is the way you're trying to approach your goal, the reasons that your hormones are messed up? Mm. It's like the chicken, chicken or the egg here, like which came first. Uh, So, so yeah, you know, if you're like, is it my hormones? I encourage you to look at, you know, what are we doing with our food? But what are we doing with our stress, our sleep, you know? 
all, all these other different factors as far as, you know, again, creating a quote diet. And I wish that had, you know what, back up. I don't wish that there was a different word for it. I wish that people would quit using diet in an inappropriate and incorrect way. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. yeah. Calorie deficit, cutting calories, diet, way of life. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what are some ways, you know, from your perspective that what does diet encompass for you when you're, when you're like working with people? Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of touched towards the end there around some of the things that we're looking at when we're working with clients. And it, and it's funny because it's almost like clients don't expect it. Like, oh, I didn't expect that you'd be asking me about some of these things. <laughs> and that's just how like holistic the process truly is. So for clients that I work with, right, we're looking at really how your body's communicating with you, right? How is your body trying to tell you it's feeling, whether that's energy, whether that's digestion, whether that's sleep, whether that's stress in general and how that's kind of impacting, you know, other things in your life and a whole slew of more of like internal things that your body is communicating with you. And it's really fascinating because again, like a lot of clients will be like uh, almost surprised when I ask certain questions, <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but we are right. And we talk about all of it. And even like what's going on in your life, right? If you're having, if you are having a really stressed week and we're noticing that we're turning maybe to some unwanted, you know, coping behaviors when it comes to food, hello, that's because of the stress in your life. And so we need to know that so that we can rectify that from that perspective and not from this place of like, oh, I'm just falling back into old patterns. Like, why do I always do this? Right. It's like, no, actually there's a reason why we're turning towards this. And that doesn't mean that this is a permanent shift. This just means that this was caused by the additional stress that you're experiencing this week. And now how do we help you manage that stress without turning to food as a result of that? Yeah. And, you know, for me, and so I can give credit here because I do, I do know where to give credit. One of my mentors, Jay Tita, his, his big thing is, is schmeck, sleep, hunger, mood, energy, and cravings. And so these are all, these are technically ways that our, our hormones and our bodies are communicating to us, but these are all different things that we can look at and making sure that are these things balanced. And that is a part of creating this lifestyle. And so when you break that down, Looking at, again, quote, diet or nutrition, does that influence your sleep? Absolutely. Does that influence your, your hunger levels, your energy levels, your cravings, your mood? Absolutely. But if you're actually honest, what else going on in your life is going to influence your sleep, is going to influence your energy, your mood, and also, therefore, also influences your hunger and your cravings. And so that's a thing that we don't get. And a good example that I like to use with my clients is always cardio. <laughs> it's always cardio. There are so many people that are saying just do more cardio in order to lose weight, but not enough people are talking about, and this has been really relevant for me as I tried to pick up running again this year is it spikes your hunger. It spikes your cravings. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that have to be taken into consideration. Not that that's, you know, a public service announcement to please stop doing cardio. Cardio is good for you. In so many different ways, but if we're using it as an approach to lose weight, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed because we're not taking into consideration what else that is doing for us. And so it all comes back to like, how do the pieces of the puzzle of your unique life, not Becky over here on the street corner trying to sell you some randomized program, but how do all the unique puzzle pieces of your life work together and how can we put energy 
into all the batteries so that they're all charged. They're not all gonna be charged at the same level all the time, but so they can have a little bit more balance or blend in order to support your goals, in order to support your life, in order to support your health. Yeah. And I will say too, like the coolest part is when clients start to see this stuff come together. Yeah. Because once you can start to experience more energy or, you know, hunger cues that are normalized, right? You're not experiencing all this like excessive hunger because you're not eating enough for your body. As soon as we start to tap into that energy and that energy physically, and also like mental energy that we received back from, you know, taking care of our bodies, it's so empowering. And that's what Mm -hmm. I believe keeps people going, right? I think that when we do these short-term things, and if, you know, again, I don't think a lot of people maybe in our communities are doing those short-term fixes like they used to, but that's what maybe they're used to in the past. And so they kind of bring that with them. And so they have this perspective of like, oh, okay, well, if I don't like, you know, cut out carbs, like then I'll never feel, then I'll never feel good about my body or good in my skin or, or whatever. Right. Which is not true either way, but because they're used to that, it's kind of hard to now enter a new perspective and to not bring that with them. And I think that once you start to see how it can actually play out and how it does affect all of these different batteries, like there's no going back. This is what I tell clients all the time. You do not go backwards because you feel too good to go backwards. Like there's no bailing out at that point. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting, which is interesting for me personally, because Right now in this season of my life, I'm almost 10 months postpartum and, you know, I I work with a, I work with people that are postpartum and it's natural to want to reduce the size of your body after carrying a human being. It's, it's, it's natural. And, you know, so, so for me, I've been torn because I've also just been eating ample amount of food to maintain my body size, to maintain my, my breast milk supply and things like that. And when I think about that, obviously, and this is, Again, this is something that people aren't telling people is when you go into a calorie deficit diet phase of nutrition, your energy balance has to be off. So you're naturally going to feel a little less energetic. It's a body's natural response. You're naturally going to feel a little bit more tired, maybe be a little bit more moody, hungrier, have some more cravings and things like that. And I know (laughs) I've known too long what it feels like to have my energy balance met and to be able to balance out those batteries except Mm. for the sleep part that it's just really hard for me to, to think about or consider, you know, is a dieting phase in my, my future. I don't know, because it is really hard to just say, I'm yeah, I could never do another crappy fad diet ever again, because immediately I would last one day, (laughs) last one day. And I'd be like, no, no, I know the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this comes back to like, people are always searching for motivation. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm you don't need the motivation when literally like your body just thrives and you have no other way. And it's almost like your body doesn't let you go backwards because then you feel so bad that you're like, well, I can't do that. Right. It's almost like the curse of becoming, you know, a healthy individual. (laughs) It's like, don't, it's hard to go back to previous behaviors because they just don't feel good anymore. Yeah. And now that you have this sort of, I think in our culture, right, it's not really about optimal health, right? I know that's what you and I work on with clients, but that's not the primary focus, right? And I think that's where a lot of this originally stems from is we don't have this perspective that, yes, you can live an optimally healthy life versus just this subpar go through the motions. My blood work says I'm fine, but I feel tired and I feel like shit all the time, right? Like that's a different very different narrative that we are receiving in our society. And so I think a lot of people are starting to search for 
you know, that optimal side of things, because we want to feel our best because there's so many opportunities in life now that we want to be a part of. And I think that that allows us to then show up for those opportunities or to take them as they come to us, because we can't do that if we're not ready, if we're not there mentally, physically, emotionally, if we're not there, it's just not going to be part of our lives. 2000%. And, and, you know, I just onboarded a new client and exactly what you're saying, which I'm 100% here for. I am ready for more people to wake up that shrinking your body does not equal happiness and joy and all the things. But, you know, one of the things that she was sharing with me is she, she did a program. She worked with a coach about a year and a half ago and she lost all the weight that she wanted to lose. But now here she is and she has lost the motivation and she's lost the the desire to do things that, that she loves. She's a super active human being. She shows horses, which is something that I also love to love to do. She plays ice hockey. I do not love to do that. It terrifies me. But these are things that she's like, these are a part of my life. This, these have been a part of my life for a long time. And I don't know if I'm aging and, and I'm just losing like energy and things like that. No, that's not it. That is not it. Um, you know, and that, that can be a big indication that something is, is just not right. And especially for those, you know, and this is definitely, I don't want anyone to, to get the wrong impression that we're like, you don't need to lose weight if you want to. Your body, your aesthetic goals are totally valid. And we are 100% here to, to support, you know, weight loss goals, aesthetic goals in a empowering way, in a supportive way of your entire body in optimal health. Um, and it can be done. It's, you know, let's, let's be honest. It still sucks, but <laughs> it can be done. But, but I, I think that for a lot of people, and I do think I will throw doctors under the bus all day long. I do think that doctors are, are for better or worse, perpetuating this lack of optimal health by simply telling people these generalized recommendations of lose weight and you're going to have more energy, lose weight and you're going to feel better. And then people are like, okay, I have another relatively new client. She's like, and she has Hashimoto's and she was like, I literally just thought this was the best that life was going to get for me. And that's mm. really sad. That's really yeah. sad. You are not living at a place of optimal health. No, things can be so much better. But for a lot of us, myself included, when I went through a really rough patch and my health are just like, they don't understand what it is like to live on the other side. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm really conscious of. If I'm like optimal health, optimal health, what, what is that? Because so many people are just being sold and told that whatever they're doing is is just as good as it gets. And that's just not true. Yeah, totally. We know (laughs) what we know now. And I hope that people listening to this can also understand that that's totally possible for them as well, because there is really, again, you don't want to live below that suboptimal line. Like, sure. There are things that like I could, you know, remove from my life to be able to, I don't know, not be focusing on optimal health as much (laughs) as I do, but it really does make the experience so rewarding. And also we're not talking about like biohacking. Oh yeah. No, we're not talking about cold punches and red light therapy, (laughs) which, (laughs) which all of that can have a place. I'm not saying that it's not valid. I'm not saying that it can't belong, but I feel like maybe that's what people think of when they think of optimal health. And it's like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about doing this in a natural holistic way so that you can feel as vibrant as possible, right? Those things can be bonuses, but again, they don't matter and they don't make an impact unless you have the foundation set. Right. I think that that's another really important thing. Right. So that's where it does come back to like, yes, nutrition includes all of these things, but also like the way that you eat and the things that you eat matter, matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was really funny. So I support my clients in a platform called Boxer. And one of my clients <laughs> sent me a voice note last week. And I literally laughed out loud when, when I heard it. She's like, hey, I've got a really strange question for you, but I just went to get my hair done. And my, my hairstylist was commenting on how thick and how much my hair was growing and how healthy it looked. And she was asking me what I was doing and what I was taking in order for this to happen. And she was like, but this is a weird question because the only thing that I've been doing is, is just like eating better. <laughs> is this, but is this a result of that? Absolutely. And these, these little things, you know, that people that are causing people to have less confidence in, in their appearance. And again, this is not to shame anyone who wants to shrink their body, but we put so so much emphasis on making our body smaller, but then there's like all these other things that can just make us look more, more vibrant and make us feel more confident. And, you know, your hair, your skin, your nails, all of these things are a part of it too. And it's directly correlated. Yes. To your nutrition, yes. To, to your sleep and your stress management and all the, those other things as well. Yep, totally. And often what we see when a body is regulated in this optimal way, right? Weight loss can sometimes be a byproduct it of happens. that. Yeah, so it happens. that's always something, I mean, I wouldn't go into this with the intention of like, sure, I'm doing this to lose weight, right? right? Although again, it can support that. I think that just entering this because you want to live a better life, which arguably when you strip the number away, when you strip away weight specifically, mm -hmm. like that's what ultimately is underneath the surface for most people. Exactly. Yeah. I tell people, I tell people this all the time, just to pull like another, just not my own personal experience, but I, I did a consultation this week and the client was, you know, telling me about all of these things that were going on, these symptoms that she had, dry skin, lacking energy, her menstrual cycle is not existent, like all these different things. And she's really been fighting her body to let go of 30 pounds. And again, sorry, doctors, but she of course went to her OBUIN because she's lacking a period. Their answer was here's some birth control. That's not super helpful. And, you know, if she loses the weight, then all these other things are going to resolve. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> is, is, you know, stripping your body nutrients away from your body and stressing it out further going to cause these other issues to go away? Or can we approach it from addressing the skin, the menstrual cycle, the energy, all these other things? And is it possible that if we're not battling our body, that it will actually release some weight? Because people, not enough people understand that. When we look in the mirror, our metabolism, our body isn't looking back at us and saying, you know what, these pants are looking a little bit tight. We should do something about this. All your body sees is the fact that it wants you to thrive. It wants to keep you safe and holding on to energy stores, holding on to resources is your body's way of doing that. It's another yep. conversation that I have with people around fatigue. They're like, you know, my body hates me. No, your body loves you. It wants you to slow down. Your fatigue is your body saying you need to rest. Yes. Mm, and yeah, yeah and, and it can't like recover if we're not giving it the nutrition that it needs and the nutrition being the nutrients from your food, the nutrition from the nutrients of rest, the nutrition from the nutrients of managing your stress, all these different factors are coming into play and your body wants to be a safe place for you to live. It's the only like known home, the only guaranteed home that we get is our body. And we can't just, you know, we don't get a, we don't get a starter home. We don't get a fixer upper. It's, it's the one and only thing that we got. And I know that that's super cliche, but if we can look at it, like this is a safe place to feel cozy and feel at home and treat our body like that, it's actually going to come right back and, and work with you. And if it trusts you and it feels safe and we feel good, then nine times out of 10 in my own personal experience in my own body and working with so many women at this point, the weight comes off. Yeah. It just does. And it's easy yeah. at that point. It's not a battle. It's not a fight.
that was one of the, I'd say the most impactful lessons for me in my journey to really be able to discover that my body's whole primary response was to keep me safe and it would do anything in order to do that. And so, yeah, whether, I mean, it's interesting to see how that's evolved throughout the seasons of my life, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's always come back to the fact that my body's primary response and primary goal is survival, right? All of our bodies are. And when you can understand, (laughs) yeah, when you can understand that and like accept that and see how maybe some of these things that maybe are a little bit more unwanted or whether that's excess weight or maybe some other issues that we're, we're experiencing. I think that that's where we can start to make peace with our body and understand, especially if it comes from a place of, even if you do want to make those adjustments, even if you do want to lose weight, right. If that comes from a place of love and respect for your body and doing it in a sustainable and healthy approach, like it will feel good to you. Number one, like actually feel good physically and mentally. And also your body's going to be like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. And I think the important word that you use there is respect because there's a lot of rhetoric around, you know, just love your body in, in all seasons and at all times. And I personally don't believe, I believe that you can respect your body without being pleased with it at all times. I think that it's totally valid to look in the mirror and say, I don't like the way I look today. I don't love the skin that I'm in today and also still respect your body. Yes. Beautiful. So important. And that comes back to just the concept of body neutrality, right? And understanding that the way that you actually feel about your body can change from day Mm -hmm. to day and that's okay. Um, okay. I think that, you know, there's a lot of arguments for body positivity and if that works for people, great. But I know that you and I definitely preach more of like understanding that it's okay for those ebbs and flows to happen. And like you said, I really like that distinction of like respecting your body, but not having to love the way it looks all the time. Yeah. 2000%. I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, I get it. I don't love the way my postpartum body looks. I just spent way too much money on getting some cute outfits that I could feel confident in. And I totally understand that some days I'm going to put this, I'm going to one today to record this show just so I could feel confident for today. But there's some days I'm going to put those on and I'm be like, oh, this looks like trash too. But yeah, I mean, we don't have to have toxic positivity towards our body but we can still respect them. And guess what? This is also part of the greater understanding and context of nutrition, (laughs) right? The way that you talk to yourself, the mindset that you have, the thoughts that go through your head, how you talk to all of that, right? Is going to be 100% Mm -hmm. part of this process. And so this is just how holistic it gets. And whole body, whole Whole body. Whole body, whole mind, whole spirit, whole soul, everything. Everything. All of it is taken into account because you are a human and a unique one. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Well, thank you guys for listening to us again. Can't wait to do this next month. Yes. We'll talk to you guys soon. 